Have you ever wanted someone to walk alongside you as you do the thing? You know, the thing that makes your heart come alive and leaves our world more like Jesus than we found it. I know, and that's why I'm here. My name is Rebecca Dotson-George. I'm a speaker, writer, career coach, and just all around excited to be in your earbuds for the next few minutes. I'm a girl wildly passionate about cheering you on as you make God known in and through your creative mission. Here's the thing though, I know sometimes you can get discouraged. I'm not good enough. I don't know where to start. I can't do as good of a job as she's doing. These are all lies that we sometimes believe and I'm here to help you debunk those lies that are ruling your mind about your mission and replace them with truth from God's word. So. Buckle up, because I'll gather up my favorite seasoned and rising leaders in their fields to share inspirational stories, strategic advice, and hard-won wisdom. Welcome to the Do The Thing Movement Podcast. Do you ever get to the end of a podcast and just think, man, I am not done with that conversation. Girl, me too. And I love hearing from you about how not only the show is encouraging you, but also what God is stirring up in you as a result. And I just really wanted the opportunity to connect one-on-one with more of you. And that's why I've created a Patreon community. Patreon is an online platform that hosts bonus content and provides creators a way to hang out with their audience in a more intimate way. So here's how I'm going to use it. There are three tiers. First is the bestie tier, which will include access to the platform and extra conversations with all our guests that only Patreon besties will get to hear. These questions will not be shared here on your podcast platform. Then there's the VIP party tier. This includes the bestie tier and you get invited to a VIP party once a month on Zoom where we get to hang out, get to know one another better and maybe do some coaching in a group session from time to time. And then finally, there is the calling coach tier. In this tier, you'll be able to access the previous tiers plus have a 30 minute coaching call per month with me to talk about anything podcast, ministry or career related. How fun does this sound? So come on over to Patreon by downloading the app or visiting patreon.com and search Do The Thing Movement. I can't wait to meet you inside the community. Hey friends, I'm so happy to be with you today. We have a close friend and just somebody I've come to know and love over the last year, Elizabeth Lang Thompson on again to talk about her new book, When God Says And this is such a powerful message. I was so honored to get to endorse this book. And I'm so happy to get to talk with Elizabeth and you guys today about this, this message of what do we do when God says no? I think you're really going to enjoy this and enjoy her. So welcome back our friend Elizabeth to the show. Elizabeth, I am so excited to have you back on the show. Thank you for being with me today. Oh, thank you for having me back. I have been looking forward to it for weeks now. I know. It's so fun when you meet people through doing what we do and you become friends. And then it's like we hopped on and I'm like, okay, I just want to like talk shop with you before we actually talk about the book. And that's that's so fun. Um, It's fun to have been doing this long enough that you start to have those like deeper relationships and with friends. And so it's super fun. We get to talk about your new book, When God Says No, today, which I am so excited about. I had the honor of endorsing this one, which is so fun. And so I got to read it. 
Um, it's so good. And I just want to hear, you know, this isn't your first when God says blank book. So for people who, who don't know you well, like walk us through kind of like what you're doing with this series and then kind of how God led you to this when God says no message to be next. Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny cause I definitely, couldn't have foreseen this series going here, you know, five years ago when I started out, um, started out writing when God says wait, which, um, <laughs> you know, they always tell authors that you're supposed to write about what you know. And so as I was pondering, you know, what, what might God want me to write about from spiritual perspective? Cause I've been doing a lot of like writing for teen girls and novels, but I'm ready to kind of dive into some Christian writing. Um, but what do I know about what could, what, what have I experienced a lot of? And this very sarcastic voice in my head went, well, I know about waiting. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of how this series got started was, you know, sharing the journey of waiting for a husband, waiting for babies, waiting for career things, waiting for joy and peace and financial release and all the different ways, you know, that I've had to wait and God has ministered to me and shaped me through that. Um, Then we ended up writing kind of what felt like the opposite of that book when God says, go, you know, those times in your life when, and sometimes it feels like it pivots, like, 180, you're you're like, you're going, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And then all of a sudden something changes and you're just like full steam ahead. You're so uncomfortable. You're out of your comfort zone. God is like, go here, do this, try this. And you're like, what? I'm not ready. I've been busy waiting. (laughs) So that came next. And then actually, um, (laughs) I, I, I sort of joke and I, and I don't, you know, don't exactly mean it this way, but this, in a way, this was the book I didn't want to write. I was um, about to ask you that, like had, if this one was harder than the others. It it absolutely was. Like I honestly had a lot of angst about, okay, this is a tough topic. And the people who come to these pages are going to be bringing a lot of hard questions and a lot of heartache to mm-hmm. these pages. And I felt very, um, overwhelmed by that responsibility. And I, I had a lot of conversations with God and with people in my life, like, okay, what, what, what would this book look like? And, and it took me a while to really wrap my heart around what God would have it to be. And, and I came away with two things that number one, this is not a sad book. This is a book about finding hope on the other side of no. Um, it's the message of this book is that your story isn't over. And that's a message I could spend a lot of time in, you know, finding those redemptive moments in scripture where people have been, God's people have been through tremendous heartache and loss, and yet God still had more for them on the other side. And he had love and care and provision to see them through that time, helping us find those, those places in scripture. Um, And then uh, the other thing that really I kept in mind as I was writing is, you know, I'm not trying to answer the questions why God says no. There are a lot of books out there that answer those questions really, really well, written by people with, you know, a lot of initials after their name. That's not what this book is. (laughs) This book is when God says no. Like, I want to be the friend who comes alongside you and says, I know you're struggling with doubt. 
I have struggled with doubt. I know you're wondering if God actually loves you. You're questioning whether the Bible is true. You're wondering if you're crazy for thinking these things. And, you know, if you're a terrible Christian and really this is a punishment, I can minister to that because I have been there. When God says no, how do we lean in close to him again when doubt has pushed us away? How do we not ruin our friendships and our families because we're hurting so much and we're tempted to become bitter, angry, cynical people? Mm -hmm. That's a battle I have fought. We can speak to that together. Um, How do you embrace the need to be vulnerable and to accept help and be in a needy place when you're used to being a giver? All of that I, I was excited to get to speak into that because I've walked, although I would say more like crawled and trudged and, you know, rolled weeping through that path. I have walked that path. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And I think, you know, we can all <laughs> probably bear witness to times in our lives where, you know, like it's super easy to trust God and give him the glory for the, the, the yeses that we get and things like that. But to somebody who's maybe come into this conversation, super discouraged, like they've had a pretty strong no in their life lately. How do you stay encouraged when maybe he answers our prayers differently than we anticipated? Yeah. Uh, It's honestly, it's hard. And, and one of the things that I talk about in, in the book is I think we need to give ourselves permission to grieve. Mm -hmm. Um, not just obviously when there's a death or a sickness or a loss. I think we we know we're supposed to grieve those things. Sometimes when God's no is just something that you really wanted, maybe it's a career break that you were just really hoping and you felt like it was time and it didn't happen. Or, you know, you've been in debt so long and you've been working so hard and the breaks just won't come. And you're just like, why? <laughs> like, I think there are times when we need to give ourselves permission to grieve and to take that pain to God and say, I need to process this. Like, I can't just pick myself up and just, oh, well, I didn't care that much anyway, because that'll come back to bite you later if you don't process it. You know me, I'm all about feelings, (laughs) all the feels, process the feelings, don't stuff the feelings. Um, But I do think... We one of the things that I love doing in this series is diving into specific Bible characters and sort of fleshing out their stories, saying what if and what else, like what might they have been thinking. You will be so encouraged when you realize how many Bible heroes God said no to. It will make you feel like I am in good company and I can be okay. Like if God saw them through their no he will see me through mine. And that keeps you encouraged. Yeah, I I agree. I love the way that you wrote this one in that very, in that very way of just unpacking stories in scripture that we're super familiar with, but maybe we've not thought about it through the lens of a no. So I loved reading that. You've mentioned sickness a little bit, but I want to speak to that. Um, Sometimes those are some hard nose that we experience, unfortunately, this side of eternity. Um, you know, again, this is the when, <laughs> the when God says no. So how would you want to encourage somebody who's just trying to reconcile, you know, we're on this side of eternity and I want to believe his goodness in the midst of this really hard thing 
how would you want to encourage her? Mm, that's such a great question. Uh, sickness is one of, it's one of the hardest no's, uh, you know, it's, it really is. And it's one of those things. It's hard to even describe what all you're feeling, whether it's you who's sick or someone that you care about and, and a healing doesn't seem like it's coming. Um, for me, one of the things I've done there, I think of two places in scripture, two passages that I've really clung to that have helped me through times, especially with sickness. Um, Lamentations three talks about, he does not willingly, um, desire grief or affliction, uh, Mm -hmm. to men. And I didn't quote that perfectly, but he does not willingly afflict us with grief. And I think that's the truth I need to know about God when I'm hurting, particularly Mm -hmm. with sickness in my life or someone else's life is this isn't God's ideal plan. Like God doesn't, he didn't make the world hoping we would all suffer illness. Like he created the garden of Eden. He wanted health and perfect communion and sinless existence and pain-free childbirth. And like he wanted all <laughs> yeah. these great things for us, but the fall did happen. And, and, and yet what God does now is, yeah, we live in a fallen world with fallen bodies that get sick, but he comforts us through it. And no passage better depicts that care than for me than John chapter 11, where Jesus is friends with these three siblings, um, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And um, if you're not familiar with the story, quick recap is Lazarus gets dangerously ill. He's dying. The sisters send word to Jesus, who is not far away. He's like less than a day's journey away. And they say, come quick. We know you can heal him and save him. Jesus intentionally delays coming long enough that Lazarus dies because Jesus has something else planned. He is planning to raise Lazarus from the dead. And there's this moment, and we could get all into like the theology of why did he do that? And da, da, da. We're not going to go there. Yeah. But what I want to draw our attention to is this beautiful moment where Jesus comes finally, and the sisters must be just utterly bewildered. Like, you're our friend. Why wouldn't you have come? Like, what were you doing? I can't imagine, well, I can't imagine the hurt and the anger that they must have struggled with in these days. But Jesus comes, he meets them at the tomb. They're standing outside Lazarus's tomb. Everybody's wailing and weeping around him. And it's that two, two word line. Uh, Jesus wept. And, you know, the terrible jokes from Sunday school. It's the best memory verse ever. Two yeah. words. Jesus wept. <laughs> My favorite verse in the Bible. <laughs> anyway, that's a church kid joke. If you grew up in church, you know. Totally. <laughs> but Jesus wept. And. I've heard people, I've heard preachers like tie themselves in knots trying to figure out, well, why would he cry? He is in five minutes. He is about to call this man back from the dead. Like these people who are wailing are about to be dancing with disbelief and joy. This funeral is about to turn into a celebration, the biggest party that any Jew has ever seen. Why would he cry? Like, why not get on down to business? Mm-hmm. And they'll, they're like, oh, well, maybe he was anticipating his own death. Maybe he's crying for all the lost sheep of Israel. I mean, they make it very profound. I'm like, you know what? I think Jesus was standing there beside, I always picture him between these two friends of his, these two women. He sees their tears and he lives their pain with them. It didn't matter that the pain was about to go away. The pain was real. 
and it mattered. Mm -hmm. That's the truth I need to know about God. Like, even if he has a happy ending planned for later, even if I'm going to be healed or my friend is going to be healed, the present tense pain matters and God is willing to sit in it with us and cry right alongside us. He uh, understands the pain that this life brings to us. Those are truths we need to know when sickness or other heartache strikes that we don't understand. Yeah. And one of the things that really helps me in hard conversations like this, where you've got to like theologically reconcile what I know to be true about God with you know, meets my life experience, right? Like as we look at scripture and we look at the character of God, the thing that one of the things that always keeps me encouraged is just knowing that scripture will never contradict scripture and God's character will never contradict God's character. Right. And so like, as you think about all of these stories that you've unpacked in scripture and what those mean in terms of the nose that we hear the side of eternity, like how does that truth, help you, you know, as you talk about this message, just knowing like the trustworthiness of God. Mm. I, I, first of all, I love the way that you described that scripture will never contradict scripture. God's character will never contradict itself. You know, I think like for me, I am, I am sorry to say that whenever I hear a no from God or a no for, for now or wait or, I, my instinctive fleshly response (laughs) is doubt. I start doubting God's love for me. I start doubting the truth of his word. I start doubting all the promises. Like that's just like my go-to place. And Mm -hmm. every time I have to go back and remind myself through scripture, what is true um, in general about life that God has told us and what is true about God. In, In fact, like, I have, I wish I could like show it to everyone, Yeah. but I have, I still use the same Bible that I've used for, I don't know, 25 years. It's like the pages are like practically translated. Oh, those are the best Bibles. Yes, It has a page ripped from where my dog like ate part of it. Like he, you know, hungered and thirsted for the word of God. Yes, um, exactly. But one of the things I started doing during our infertile, infertile um, years was, I started hunting through scripture for specific examples of God's care for individual people. Because one of the doubts that I struggled with was, well, maybe I don't matter. Maybe like all the places where it says God loves you are more like plural you. God loves the universe. He loves all of mankind. Uh, But I needed to know that God loved Elizabeth and that he heard my prayers and that he cared about my tears. And so I went on a hunt and I wrote them down in the back of my Bible and the ink is starting to fade, but they are still there. And I, those became my lifelines about Mm -hmm. the character of God. No, when doubt comes, I can go to this scripture and remind myself, no, this is the character of God. This is how he loves. He leaves the 99 sheep to find the one who strayed, the one who's not close to him. That's a God who cares about the individual. And I have countless examples in there. Um, I think I would encourage you, even if you're new to scripture, like, you know, start collecting 
those verses that really speak to your heart and to what's hurting in your heart that help you understand the character of God. There's lots of resources online and books like this that can help you kind of start collecting your verses, your lifelines that you can cling to when you feel like the waves are washing over you, (laughs) drowning you. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. Um, So there's something that we do around here, which is super fun. And it's, so it's Patreon. And one of the things that we do for our patrons is we allow them to ask our guests questions. So we'll say, Hey, I'm talking to Elizabeth about her new book. When God says no, what do you want to know from Elizabeth? And so we always get great questions turned in. And we had a question from our patron Janelle. That was really good. Janelle says, first of all, I loved your session at made for mission, which was really, really kind of her to say. And as did I, I loved having you be a part of that. And she says, if you know, you're somebody who is experiencing a no specific to your calling. So what if you're struggling to find your calling? How do you truly sit in the know that God is saying now without giving up? Mm. Oh my goodness. I love that question because I have asked myself that question many times. (laughs) Uh, So thank you so much, Janelle. Um, I'm, I really appreciate this question. Uh, You know, I have sat in a lot of no's for now from God um, regarding my calling. I mean, I specifically remember this one day, (laughs) so embarrassing, but like my whole extended family, meaning like my brothers and sisters and their wives and my parents, we were all like, sitting around just like talking. I don't know. We were on some vacation together and I, they're asking me how my writing was going. This is probably 10 years ago. I start bawling and I'm just like, I'm sick of this. I have been working so hard. I've prayed so hard. I just like, I'm so frustrated. And my poor brother-in-law was like new to the family. He still brings up this day. He's like, wow. I like, you were kind of intense there. I was like, I know all the feels. Sorry. <laughs> I we all should have known then that book was coming. <laughs> I, know. I know. We were working on it. Yeah. Um, so I have been there many, many times. And um, one of the things, it's funny, I remember reading this line a long time ago I'm not buried, I'm planted. And that line has stuck with me so much in times where it's felt like with my work or my calling it's a no for now to learn to, instead of just sitting in it and feeling sad, which you'll have moments when you do, but using that in between time to grow. And, and I don't know what that growth looks like for you. Maybe it's, you're just growing in your character, you know, because if Mm -hmm. it's a spiritual calling, it may be that God's, he's still doing some things in you to get you ready for whatever he has in mind. Uh, Maybe it means you're just honing your skills. And when that day comes, if that day comes, I hope it's a win, um, you're ready. And, 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 and I did try to do that, you know, for me, like, okay, well, fine. If I don't get to write books, I'm going to write blog posts and I'm going to write short stories and I'm going to tweet. I hate tweeting, but I'm going to tweet. I'm going to learn to write short. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to grow in every way that I can. Um, And I think that even that kind of resilience, it speaks to God. You know, he encourages us to be persistent when there's something that we want and need from him. I think it speaks to him and he, he takes note as any good father watches their children says, wow, she really cares about this. She's still working on this. Huh? Let me, let me take that into consideration. But I think also what that does is it gives us fulfillment in the in-between. It teaches us to be flexible and not have this tunnel vision. 
I can only fulfill my calling this one way that I have decided on by myself. It teaches you to open up your heart to new avenues of using your gifts and letting God work through you. Like it taught me, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to get to write books, but I I can write blog posts and those can encourage people. And that's a fulfilling thing. Or man, I can... I can serve my church and help write their newsletter. I can, I can use what I love to do in different ways. It teaches us that flexibility, which I think is really faith. It's faith and trust that you're letting God define your path, work through you as you wait for that. No, for now to maybe turn into some different kind of answer. Yeah, that's really good. And I was just talking to a friend yesterday this conversation makes me think of that. And we were chatting about um, just some things that we're, we're waiting on. Elizabeth, you and I talked about this before we got on and there's a song that has been encouraging me so much. It's that song seasons by Hillsong. Ooh, I don't know this song. I need to listen to it. It is so good, but there's a line in there and this has been just like my anthem for the last few weeks. And there's a line that says, if you're not done working, then God, I'm not done waiting. And just this thought of, okay, like if, if it's a sovereign, no, right. Like you are the ruler of the universe. And you, if this is, if this was your plan for now, it would have came to pass. And so that clearly there's a reason, um, for a delay or for a not now or for a no, and so because of that, I trust you, I trust your character and, and I'm going to say, okay, if you're not done working in me through me, then God, I'm not done waiting. And mm. anyway, that line has awesome. just um, been really encouraging me to, for the last few weeks. So, okay. I love everything about this. I am so excited about this book. I, I, before we go over to Patreon, what I want you to do is just tell people where can they connect with you? Where can they grab the book? All of those things. Yeah. Uh, well, you should be able to find the book anywhere that you like to buy your books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, christianbook.com. You can even get it straight from the publisher Tyndale. Um, any of those, the usual suspects. Uh, and you can find me at elizabethlangthompson.com. I absolutely love connecting with people online. I try my best to answer every email or direct message or whatever that I can. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Elizabeth Lang Thompson, uh, Facebook, Elizabeth Lang Thompson writer. So I would absolutely love to connect with any of you who feel like, hey, this message spoke to me. Let's talk some more. I'd love it. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you for having me. So fun talking to you. So fun. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I am so thrilled to have you be a part of this community. I wanted to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, did you know that when people rate and review podcasts on Apple Podcasts, it actually helps more people come across the show. And when that happens, the messages we're sharing get spread even further and we get to encourage more people. I can't think of anything more fun than that. So it would mean the world to me if you would do something that would take just two minutes of your time. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a written review. Tell me all about how the show is encouraging you and invite others to listen in. It truly means the world to this girl on the other side of the mic. And then number two, if you're loving the show and want even more content from Do The Thing Movement, 
hop on over to our Patreon page on your desktop or mobile device to listen to after the show bonus interviews, attend live Zoom parties, and receive extra coaching. Simply download the Patreon app or do it on your desktop device and search Do The Thing Movement. I would love to see you over there in that community. Thanks again for listening, and I can't wait to be back with you next episode. Same time, same place. Bye, friends.